0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people, and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after the Epiphany is from the book of the Exodus, the 33rd chapter. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Then he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. This is the word of the Lord. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the twelfth chapter. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts, in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six waterpots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the waterpots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The only Son from heaven foretold by ancient seers, By God the Father given, in human form appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as he, our morning star. O time of God appointed, O bright and holy morn, he comes, the King anointed, The Christ, the Virgin born Grim death to vanquish for us To open heaven before us And bring us life again O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love you more, in faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore, that we through this world moving of heaven proving may reap its fullness there. O Father, here before you with God the Holy Ghost and Jesus, we adore you, O pride of angel host. Before you, mortals lowly, cry holy, 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 holy. O In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. The first chapter of John's Gospel serves as the weekday readings for the days following the Epiphany of our Lord. If you have been praying matins with us daily, you have no doubt heard these readings. The church wastes no time in her celebrations. The infant Christ is celebrated for but a short 12 days. Immediately after the 12 days are over, he ceases to be an infant and grows to be a toddler whom magi from the East come to worship. Immediately following the Epiphany, Jesus is baptized by John in the Jordan. The beginning of his three-year march as the Lamb of God, who bears the sin of the world to the place of sacrifice, where this sin is taken away forever. Following his baptism, Jesus begins to call his disciples. In the midst of calling his twelve disciples, a number representative of the new Israel, Jesus attends this wedding in Cana of Galilee and brings with him those disciples recently called to follow him, Andrew, Simon Peter, Andrew's brother, whom Jesus has called Cephas, Stone, Philip, Nathanael, who sat under the fig tree, and him whom Jesus loved the titular disciple and evangelist. The Christ Lamb, who has, in his baptism, taken the sin of the world upon himself, immediately begins calling disciples. This is to say, he immediately begins drawing his people to himself. It is therefore fitting that Jesus' first sign and the manifestation of his glory would be at this wedding in Cana. In fact, there would be no greater place for him to have done so than Cana of Galilee, the focus of post-resurrection Jesus, nor could there be a better setting for the manifestation of his glory than a wedding. Jesus takes on the sin of the world, that which was the driving wedge of separation between God and man, and he begins a journey to rid the world of that wedge by destroying the sin he now bears upon the cross in his death. The wrath of God is inevitable. It is inescapable. That is the curse of the fall. That is the guarantee made to those who would eat of the tree before they were told they were ready to do so. Wrath is certain and certain death. But in Jesus, wrath is no more universal. It is focused singularly upon Jesus at the place where he brings it to offer sacrifice and to become himself the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. Jesus is the new universal. As he works to remove the wedge, man and God draw closer together as the divisive impediment is worked out of what becomes the one unified body of Christ, the new universal, apart from divine wrath. This joined and unified body and its universality across time and space for humanity is the goal of Christ's work, and it is marriage. Thus, he manifests his glory at a wedding. He performs his first sign at a wedding. In his dialogue concerning marriage, St. Paul writes to the Ephesians, "'No one ever hated his own flesh, "'but nourishes and cherishes it, "'just as the Lord does the church. "'For we are members of his body, "'of his flesh and of his bones,' For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. St. Paul puts forth all the norms and expectations of Christian marriage, only to mention after the fact that truly he is speaking of Christ and the church. Marriage on earth is but the icon of God's love for his people and of the degree to which he desires to be united with them for eternity. Husbands are to love and to cherish their wives. They are never to look at or seek after any other. They are never to request or demand of their wives anything that is not for the sole good of their wives. Why? Because this is how Christ behaves, and marriage belongs to Christ. Wives are to love and cherish their husbands, they are never to look at or seek after another. They are to submit to the will of their husbands with the full confidence that their husband wants nothing but good for them. Why? Because this is how the church behaves toward Christ. And marriage is truly a reflection of that relationship belonging to the church as bride and Christ as bridegroom. Even the Incarnation itself is really an act of marriage. It is the marriage of God and man, manifested in the flesh of Jesus. The Incarnate Christ comes to save his people from their sins in order to be united with them, that they and he would be one flesh, one body of Christ living in mutual love. This is the importance of a wedding as the setting for his first sign and as the setting for the manifestation of his divinity. Everything begins and ends with marital union because marital union is the tangible picture of reality God wills for you. At the wedding, two fleshes become one, each dies to self. The individual is crucified in order that in that crucifixion, the new union person of the one flesh might rise and live. Man is never fully man without union to woman. Woman is never fully woman without union to man. Humanity as the crown jewel of God's creation is therefore never fully human apart from union to God. St. Paul also therefore writes, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. In marriage, self dies for other, as a sign of the God who himself died for other. In this death, there is also resurrection, resurrection of the one flesh person from the ashes of the destroyed individuals, just as there is resurrection of the one true and incarnate God from the ashes of death's violent destruction. Jesus begins in Galilee at the wedding And he ends in Galilee after the resurrection, manifesting what he has come to do and confirming the reality of what he has done. Where once he transformed water into wine, he soon returns as the source of both water and wine. And both he transforms into something greater through his salvific marital union with man enacted upon the cross. The water and the wine of Cana prefigure the new life-giving elements of water and blood that each pour from Christ's pierced side. To this holy, riven, beautiful side, the bride, the church cries out as the bride of Solomon's song in the clefts of the rock, In the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The water itself is transformed into a saving flood of baptismal washing, regeneration and rebirth poured out upon you. The choice wine becomes the new testament of blood poured out for you, You yourselves are transformed from purification jars left empty to those now filled with divine water and blood. You are the bride, O church, who samples the best wine and is filled with its spirit of joy and love as you look into the eyes of him who supplied it, your Lord your God, your crucified and risen Christ, your beloved, your bridegroom. His glory is manifested in Cana of Galilee, but it is also manifested, therefore, here among you now. For he is still here, seeking to unite his people, offering his gifts, working miraculous transformations and most importantly of all, wedding himself to you. Cana of Galilee is the beginning and the end and the eternity for all who seek to be one flesh in the body of Christ, joined to him and living his life everlasting. His glory is manifested here forever. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church throughout the world, that it may maintain a counterculture amidst the culture in the Holy Word of God and the unsullied teachings of the blessed Apostles Let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord who sent out his apostles would continue to bless his apostolic office for the blessings of strength, endurance, perseverance, courage, and steadfastness to be given to all bishops, pastors, chaplains of the armed forces, and missionaries both domestic and abroad, let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian peoples, for strength of confession, resolve of will, rigidity of faith, and purity of life. For Christian households as sacred refuge, for all Christian marriages as icons of divine love, and for Christian youth, both young and old, that they would remain firmly grounded upon the rock of their faith's foundation and not be swept away by the current of the age Let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, especially the United States of America, and for their people and for their rulers, especially for Joseph, our president, for upstanding leaders of good character and wisdom, for peace and concord, for an end to violence, warfare, and strife, for the destruction of evil and evil intent, and for the rule of love, for the preservation of justice, and for prosperity to abound among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. That the God to whom creation bows would grant unto the world deliverance from all error, relief from famine, protection from the dangers of this earth, and freedom to all in captivity, especially those who suffer for his most holy name, and that God would send his holy angels to guard us in every endeavor, let us pray to the Lord. For the Father's unfailing mercy upon those in anguish, those suffering with depression, those broken in heart and spirit, those struggling with addiction, those who fear, those who suffer, the unemployed, the destitute, and all the needy of this world. Let us pray to the Lord. For the glory of the Christ's blessed epiphany to shine ever brighter and pierce the darkness of this age. For an opening of the eyes of faith to see God as he is revealed and ever sense his nearness. And for the return of the apostate and the conversion of the pagans that all may be united in the love and light of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing of the great physician upon all the infirmities of man, granting an end to disease and health to the sick, especially do we offer prayer for Sherry, Shirley, Janice, Judy, Stephen, Carl, David, Janice, And Josh. For peace to the dying, comfort to the bereaved, and everlasting peace to all servants and handmaidens who now rest in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, even as you revealed your glory in days of old to your faithful people, Do you continue this revelation in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself as the great oblation for the sin of the world? May all hearts and minds be bowed to him alone, drawing near to behold this, your glory, as it is now revealed in flesh and blood, offered eternally. May we both behold this beatific vision and participate in it to the glory of your name and the salvation of our person. Be pleased, O God, that as we receive this gift, we sinners who trust in your mercies would receive fellowship with you, with the apostles and martyrs, and with all your holy saints, into whose company we beseech you to admit us on the last day, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God,